Welcome to the Know, Like, Trust podcast for real estate professionals. In this podcast, you'll discover what it takes to establish know, like, and trust, and connect with the right people for success in real estate. If you're a marketing strategist, real estate agent, or another professional in the real estate space, and you're interested in building a referral-based business, you're in the right place. Here are your hosts, Betty Russo and Christine George. Welcome, everyone. I'm Betty Russo, and I'm here with my lovely friend, Christine George. Hey, Christine. Hello, Betty Russo. How are you today? I'm so good. So great to be talking with you. You as well. Today, we're continuing the season of giving with a discussion with Rayanne Whalen, the COO of Housing Families in Malden, Massachusetts. So Betty, I'm just going to step in here for a second um, because I can't say enough about this organization, Housing Families. Housing Families is a nonprofit organization in the Boston area that provides temporary and permanent housing for homeless families. They also provide food assistance, uh, counseling, therapy, and legal services, which I'm hoping Rayanne will get into because that's a really interesting part of what they do and youth programs. Um, so my firm leading edge has been a proud partner of housing families for a while now. I think it's like three years. Yeah. And is it three years, Ryan? Yes. It was, uh, right when I started actually. So, oh, that's right. Um, yeah. so, mm-hmm. and the way it works with us is our agents make a donation with every closed transaction. So we've been working closely with Rianne and her team over the past three years. And not only do our agents make a donation with every transaction, we also participate in other initiatives and events over the course of the year. So, and the organization has grown unbelievably since we've been a part of it. So it's, it's really been incredible to watch. And I'm really excited for you to chat with us today, Rayanne. And so just welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here and I'm um, excited to share uh, some of our work with all of you. And, um, you know, the partnership with Leading Edge has been just so terrific. Uh, You know, we both are in the home business and I think, you know, we really do want to provide people, um, you know, a place to be. And so uh, they understand that and it's just a wonderful partnership. So thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. Thank you for joining us. We're so happy to have you here. Um, I just want to go back really quick to something that Christine said that um, all, isn't all of your agents at Leading Edge that, that make a donation with every transaction? That's a great question. Um, no, it is. Uh, it's optional for agents. But- okay. But that's, but that's awesome. You have like, a, you know, a vision to help this establishment to help this organization. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, I, I want to say, God, Ray, Rayanne, you're going to have to correct me, but I think our donations last year were like 25 or $30,000. Is that right? Holy wow. Yes. Um, I would say it definitely, um, in that range, I think it is also, you know, important to point out that not only is there a financial benefit, I think when these agents make these donations and when the, you know, when leading edge as, um, as a company supports us with other initiatives, you know, we also have a lot of agents that reach out to us just personally that want to support. And so it's really great to be able to have these 
you know, like I say, like advocates in the community that are working in mm-hmm. these communities or seeing the work being done, that they can reach out to us and say, hey, like, you know, I have this code drive or I've had mm-hmm. somebody come up to me and be like, you know, I want you to be part of this group and to provide your perspective on sort of what's happening in the local community. So it's been really great at opening relationships and partnerships. And um, so there's so much more than, you know, the 25, 30,000 that's given to the, to the organizations, yeah. um, just an ongoing partnership. Yeah. Like absolutely. a trickle effect. Yeah. 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 So, wow, Rian, I'm loving everything, you know, Christine shared about your organization and what you've been telling us so far. Um, I need to know a lot more. So, so let's really dig deep. Um, can you tell us what communities you serve um, and a little bit more about the impact you're having in those communities? Of course. Um, so Housing Families uh, started in 1986 in the city of Malden. Uh, they began uh, as a shelter, uh, shelter organization for families. Uh, since then, uh, we now... Uh, serve well over a thousand families a year, uh, which equals about 20, nearly 2,800 individuals a year. Um, But the organization is an EA shelter provider. So what that means is we help families who are going through the uh, emergency assistance program through the state. Um, We serve the cities of Malden, Medford, Revere, Everett, and Chelsea. Um, and I, I say Chelsea kind of at the end because that's kind of one of our biggest places that we're sort of, you know, kind of navigating to. I'm sure you all have heard in the city of Mass. I mean, in the state of Massachusetts, um, Chelsea was one of the biggest cities affected by COVID. Um, and so you'll see a huge influx of services that are going to be needed there. And so we're sort of, you know, kind of making that transition to that city, working with the actual, you know, with the city of Chelsea and some of the other local organizations as well. Um, But, you know, those are sort of the, um, you know, the main cities, but, you know, as Christine was mentioning, we really do work with, uh, you know, families and individuals also uh, on the North shore. So, you know, we're starting to work in Stoneham, Wakefield, Woburn, some Saugus um, areas, just because, you know, again, really looking at sort of that, uh, the after effects of COVID, the moratoriums, mm-hmm. that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So we can dig into that, I think, a little bit later, because I think that's kind of what one of the biggest things that we're um, working on right now. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's it, it's you're seeing it everywhere um, in in Massachusetts. And but those are our, our major cities. Awesome. So we know you're doing so much more. Um, than providing shelter and housing. And while that is incredible in, uh, in itself, um, tell us more about what other services you offer. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, as I mentioned, Housing Families is an EA shelter provider for families. So family, families navigating homelessness through uh, the state of Massachusetts. Uh, We also have um, GYFP, which is our Great Youth and Families program. Uh, That program assists uh, children and adults uh, through therapeutic services. So a lot of emotional support, uh, especially during COVID, there was a, a, you know, rampant services there, Uh, but also providing tutoring as well. So we have a big volunteer base that helps uh, these children sort of navigate academics, but also 
you know, supporting their therapeutic needs as well. And then we provide parent groups with that program, uh, you know, for those who, who are in need. The other program that we have is our homelessness prevention and legal services program, which we call the HPLSP program. This is one of the biggest programs that we believe are going, is going to double in the next year. Uh, this program really does work um, in eviction prevention. We have attorneys on staff who represent families and individuals in the in Northeast Housing Court and provides resources and uh, guidance on how to fill out a lot of the paperwork for families who are going through, um, you know, eviction, the eviction process. And so, you know, due to COVID, you saw you saw a lot of the moratoriums that were that were happening. And so these these group of attorneys really do help with, you know, those individuals and the families navigating those services. So Rianne, let me just cut in there for a second, because um, you said it's going to be doubling. And, you know, first of all, you know, I think when you think about, you know, housing, whether it's temporary or permanent uh, families or individuals who are homeless, you don't automatically think about legal services Mm -hmm. and you guys have always supported it. Uh, and now you say it's growing. Tell us a little bit more about why it's growing. What's driving that? Well, um, you know, you saw a lot of people who were losing their jobs, who couldn't pay their rent. Uh, you see a lot of landlords who couldn't make their mortgage payments. Uh, you know, you saw a lot of, um, you know, people who just needed the support to even move. Um, you know, it's now we're at this point now where there are individuals that are being served, you know, papers to move and they can't do that because they've been out of a job for a year. Yeah. Um, and so we're providing them with that direct financial assistance. So what that means is we will help them get into an apartment by the support of either the city or, you know, private donations or, uh, you know, whatever kind of funding that's sort of funneling through. Um, but it's, you know, the program itself and the people who are going to be working on that program are going to need to be available to represent a lot of these people in court mm-hmm. um, and really navigating these services because it's tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's really tricky and really uh, complex issues and people come with very complex issues, um, you know, when it comes to housing and when it comes through, you know, the state or landlords and laws. And so, you know, we'll be working a lot more in Chelsea, which I mentioned, um, again, heavily impacted by the pandemic. Um, so, you know, we're really hoping to be able to just keep people housed. I think that's, you know, that is our main goal. You know, we, work, uh, you know, to ensure, uh, stability, uh, for, for our families and for individuals in the community. So mm-hmm. I, I love that. And, um, you know, it is tricky. It is complex. I think I can only imagine, you know, the emotional and physical stress on, let's say a single mom who is, you know, does not have a job. Um, and it, you know, has to find a place to live and then trying to navigate the system, it's got to be incredibly overwhelming. And so I think, you know, the, the services that you provide someone in navigating that are just invaluable. Um, 
when it comes to, well, actually, let me go back for a second. Um, so I would assume, or is it correct to assume that these legal services have grown so much as a result of COVID? Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Right. And, you know, it's not only the staff attorneys that help navigate some of these legal services. It's also, there's some case management stuff happening. So you you know, you mentioned a little bit about a mom that, you know, is single with kids and can't afford her rent. You know, if she finds a job, you know, she needs, she needs help finding daycare. She needs yeah. help finding transportation. She needs help filling out the paperwork or healthcare. And so it's, again, it's very complex and, you know, having to navigate the, you know, the public services that are available is, you know, is a full-time mm. job in itself. Sure. Um, and I, so I think that's also part of that, you know, the homelessness prevention program really does do a lot of that support uh, for them as well. Oh, that's so amazing. So when an individual or a family, you know, comes through your organization, really, what's the goal? I mean, I obviously know that the goal is to get them housed, but, you know, what's the ultimate goal when an individual or a family comes to your organization? Um, can I just add to that question also? Yeah. What What is something that is standing out to me is um, what you had mentioned earlier, Rayanne, in regard to different programs, I think, for the children and helping them. Like that just touches my heart because let's face it. I mean, obviously they need housing first and foremost, but a child that they're at such a delicate age and such a uh, an age where things are so easily like impressed on them. They, they learn so much and they experience things in such a different way than we do. So I love, I love the children part of it. If you can add to that question, like what's the goal with the family um, or the individual and, and also dig a little deeper into what you do with the children of these families Yes, of course, I can absolutely do that. So, you know, we do provide uh, support through our Great Youth and Families program, which we call the uh, GYFP. Uh, that program provides after-school tutoring and counseling service uh, services, so therapeutic services, social-emotional support, uh, which was also one of the things that, you know, again, was, you know, we were responding to. You know, we had yeah. a lot of kids during the beginning of the pandemic that, uh, weren't going to be in school anymore. Um, and so, you know, our team did a fantastic job at just, you know, making their programming remote, showing up every day, being there to, you know, to support them uh, when they needed them the most. And, you know, it was tricky because again, you know, you had these kids that were on Zoom all day and then they thought, oh, well, I have to go to my after school sort of program. And, but they kept them engaged and, you know, it's been so great to have them back in person. We have been able to bring them back in person this fall. Mm. Um, and the, you know, the program is doing great and the kids are just so happy to see, you know, their, their counselors and their volunteers. And, um, you know, we, we did sort of a hybrid during the summertime. So we got to, you know, sort of see them in, be engaged there, but, you know, they look forward to it. And, and quite honestly, I, I, I think it does help with the social emotional piece because these, you know, the youth that are sort of going through 
you know, their own, their, their own problems, you know, it's, it's a little bit of relief. Um, And, you know, we've also kept a lot of these services virtual as well, moving into the fall Mm -hmm. and we'll continue to do so because again, you know, there is still that remote piece, right? So what if there's no transportation or what if, you know, somebody is sick and they have to stay home. So just kind of keeping that open and making it part of the program. Um, I, I, I love that because, um, you know, who, who knew or whoever thought that connecting virtually really like we're doing today could even be an option. And, and when you think about, yes, it's wonderful that the kids have been able to be back in person with you, but what if a kid doesn't have the transportation or, can't for one reason or another be there physically, you're providing that virtual um, opportunity or option for them so that they can still get that connection. They're, they're, they're never stuck without that connection. That that feels really good to me. Mm -hmm. It does. And, you know, it's also available for their parents too. So, you know, we do have parent groups. Um, There's a women's group, an art therapy group. And so we don't forget about everybody. You know, it's a holistic, you know, our programs are holistic. We want, you know, they're well-rounded. We want all of those biggest, you know, the biggest things to be touched upon. Um, And one of the actual things, if I can just take a minute to talk about um, two new programs that we actually brought on during COVID. Yeah. So, one of the things um, in response to COVID was food access. Um, and so we had originally had some issues with, you know, there was a time, right, where everybody couldn't go to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Remember that in the beginning? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was, uh, it was tricky and it was hard to, to get uh, food to families. And so we, uh, we started a community resource hub and, you know, open to the families. We have access to supplemental food. So some dry goods. We also have some, you know, some, some protein and some milk and stuff like that. And there's also other things like cleaning supplies and diapers and that sort of thing. And that's very new. Uh, We're hoping to open it up this uh, fall Uh, But it, you know, it just made us realize that we needed to have something like this. We needed to be able to give families access to their most basic needs. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about, I mean, that's, that's exactly what you talk about when you say you have a holistic approach. I mean, you're touching every member of the family in every possible way that they need it. How does that work, Rayanne? Do they have to come to a, a central hub to get that food or do you deliver it? So there's a little bit of, uh, it's a little bit of both. So we will have an option where families can come in, uh, you know, they'll schedule an appointment, they'll come in, get their things, but we'll have a mobile option too. Um, and so we will be delivering, uh, food to some of the area shelters that we serve. Um, and then also over at our individual shelter, which was the other thing I wanted to talk about, which is a new program that we have, uh, we were approached, uh, through the city of Malden to, you know, think about, uh, you know, providing an individual shelter. And so in the area that we serve is what we call a shelter desert. So there's no real individual shelter, you know, a lot of the individuals that need housing overnight have to go into Boston. And so it's really difficult 
for them to have access to housing. And so we uh, opened up an individual shelter in Malden and it's been going great. It's 22 beds. We've had, um, you know, we've had nearly 10 people move out, which means they've provide, you know, been able to move out and, you know, live on their own. And it's been a wonderful program and, you know, very well, um, you know, That's supported. Awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. I know you yeah. and I spoke about that back in like January, I think. And, you know, you were just sort of getting that off of the, off the ground. So, I mean, when I talked about growth, since we've been part of the organization, your individual shelter, um, has grown, your legal services has grown. You've added this, um, you know, hub for access to, to food and, and nutrition. I mean, it's just, it's really unbelievable. Um, and you've done it in the middle of COVID, you know, at the height of COVID. And so, um, congratulations to you guys, you know, for all of that. It's just, it's amazing what you're doing for the community. When you think about, you know, moving forward, um, sort of, you know, COVID is a piece. What do you think the biggest issues are facing your community, um, today and, and moving forward? Yeah, that's a great question. I think one of the things that we're really starting to explore is, um, health. So, you know, we really are looking into, you know, growing our, you know, our medical, uh, you know, advisory piece, uh, you know, we have a committee where we're, you know, starting to really build out those, you know, mental health services, um, you know, as I'm not sure if you know, but it, you know, the mental health service um, wait list is, you know, 20 pages long. I mean, you can't even get an appointment. It's ridiculous. And so, you know, we have a lot of families and individuals that we work with that need help. And so, you know, we're really looking at bringing that piece into the organization and making it a part of our programming, Uh, you know, also with, you know, domestic violence, you're looking at substance abuse. Um, and so really just, you know, honing in on some of those really key health, um, issues that, that we're seeing with some of our families and individuals. Uh, the other thing is affordable housing, uh, you know, property development, looking at sort of how we can sort of expand and build up, um, and support those people Mm -hmm. who are looking to, you know, be in affordable housing, uh, you know, I think that is our main goal for a lot of the families and individuals that we work with. I mean, I think you asked me that at the very beginning, what's the end game, right? Yeah. And I think it is really being, you know, having people be in housing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, independent housing independently, correct. Yeah. 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 In a stable, you know, in, in, in a stable, you know, um, shelter that they are independently Um, they're independent from you guys and they're, you know, getting back on their feet. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I do remember when we first partnered, you had a couple of your um, clients, really success stories come and speak to our agents about where they were in their lives, what happened, how they became suddenly hopeless and how you guys helped them and how they got back on their feet. I wonder if you could relay one of those stories because they were so inspirational and just the, the spirit of the, you know, the human spirit to is so resilient and just so 
um, the capacity to be able to push through a really tough situation and get to the other side of that, um, and make it like just was so touching and heartwarming. Is there a story you can share with us? Yeah, I think it was one of the, there was a young woman that came and spoke at one of the events and she was a single mom, um, who was, uh, I think in, I think she was in a bad relationship if I remember correctly, but she had a young child and, you know, she, she was just going through it. She was living in her car. She needed support. You know, she went through our organization as a client, um, and was in our shelters, um, and, you know, eventually got to a place where she was able to move into affordable housing on her own, uh, and actually ended up working for housing families. Oh, that's right. That's yes. Yes. That's awesome. So she, yeah, she ended up coming back, um, and, you know, was a case manager and, you know, really was able to help. I mean, and it kind of gave her the insight she needed to be successful. I mean, she knew what these families were needing to get to the next step. And so she did a terrific job at doing that. And, um, you know, she, from what I, from what I know now, I think she's doing a really great job and she's no longer with us, but she, you know, is, is, is successful. And she, you know, was able to get through it, but she was, she was a wonderful, she was wonderful. Yeah, she was. I remember her vividly now up on the stage. She was awesome. That's a great success story. Honestly, she lived it. She was able to give in a way from, you know, deep understanding of what these people were going through. And it sounds like she's, you know, keeps growing from there. So that's awesome. We are just really hitting the ground um, and, you know, really trying to get our services known and getting, you know, getting ourselves out there. And this has been such a wonderful opportunity to do that. Uh, I think if you'd like to learn more or get involved, you know, you can definitely check out our website, which is fresh and new, um, you know, but there are ways to get involved. are there, are there volunteer opportunities that you can talk about? Sure. So we definitely do have, you know, volunteering opportunities. We're always looking for volunteers for that tutoring. So at our Great Youth and Families program, we're always looking for tutors. And then we also have other very unique opportunities for volunteering. Our community resource hub is what we're hoping to be that volunteer uh, location where we could, you know, help pack backpacks for the backpack drive for school supplies, you know, really helping us organize some of our holiday gifts. Uh, There are other opportunities, like we have our youth, you know, our YPAC group, which is our youth uh, young professionals group. We also have um, another youth young professionals group, but it's for, you know, high school kids to learn about homelessness. So there's so many different ways to get involved uh, with housing families, but you can definitely check that out on the website. And the website is housingfamilies.org. That is correct. Awesome. So we will definitely put that uh, in the show notes. Rayanne, mm-hmm. thank you so much for being here today. It's it's always fun getting to connect with you. It's always great to learn about what you're doing. And um, I'm really excited that we were able to 
have a chat and, you know, get it out there for the world to hear and hopefully continue to grow your program and reach your vision, which is to end homelessness. Mm -hmm. Thank you so very much. It was such a, it was such a wonderful opportunity. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So Ryan, it was wonderful meeting you. Um, I love everything that you're doing and thank you for everything that you're doing and, and what your organization is doing. It's incredible. I'm sure you're making a tremendous difference in the communities that you serve. So awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for joining us today. Thank you, Rayanne. Thank you, Betty. And just as a reminder, if you are enjoying our content, please, please, please share it with your friends, share it out on social media, uh, send an email, write us a review. And if there's a topic you would like to explore, let us know. You can find us at noliketrustpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, we'd love it if you subscribe and leave a review. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, please reach out to Christine or Betty on social media for consideration. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Please join us next time for another insightful conversation on incorporating know, like, and trust into your business.